0: but I do want to read uh, just the previous two verses and then we'll uh, focus in on verse number three. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed, Selah." So we remember that Asaph called his time a day of trouble. Uh, This is now the second time he's used the word trouble. Uh, The word trouble could have the meaning of being in a time of distress or even a time of restlessness. Uh, So Asaph is obviously seeking relief from his day of trouble. Uh, He's seeking relief from his restlessness, and we notice that even from the beginning of the psalm, Asaph did not try to appease this trouble, this distress, this restlessness by diverting his mind or his heart to other things. Uh, Sometimes when we're in a day of trouble, our heart gets distracted. Um, If you know your own heart, your heart is often more distracted than you realize it is, I think sometimes we set out with a heart that we think is set upon the Lord, and we have a mind that is set to seek the Lord our God, but if we were truly looking into our own heart, we would find that our heart is a bit distracted. Now, we're not doing that to make Asaph and paint Asaph as a man who has uh, some kind of a spiritual problem, because he certainly is not diverting his heart intentionally But there is a sense in which his heart is distracted. And we're gonna see that this morning uh, as he makes mention in that very first three words of verse three, I remembered God. Now you'll notice he says, I remembered God. And when he remembered God, he was troubled. This is quite profound. Here Asaph is saying, when I thought and I remembered who God was, I was restless. I was troubled. I was in distress. I complained. My spirit was overwhelmed, Selah. We often think about our remembrances of God and we think, well, when we remember God, it's always going to be things that don't bring us trouble, but they bring us relief. Well, here's an example of where Asaph is actually saying, when I remembered God, I was actually troubled. Uh, This is a very uh, pointed uh, phrase. It's a very pointed expression. Uh, Asaph is, he seeking God and when he is seeking him and he remembers him, He's finding something that he is now lacking. Uh, Maybe at this point, Asaph is remembering the favor of God that he once had. Maybe he's remembering the grace of God that he once felt so pointedly. But he is under a troubled mind. And so there is the sense in which when you read this psalm as a whole, now that's one of, the, that's one of the, the challenges we have when we go verse by verse and we deal with each line by line, because you will see playing out, I believe, that what he's coming to a conclusion of is some of these troubles, some of this restlessness, Some of this distress is caused by his own sin. It's caused by his own uh, remembrance of not only how he has viewed God, but how he is considered his own standing before God. So we do see Asaph is pouring out his heart. He's pouring out his, his mind, but yet it's only bringing him trouble. Uh, How many times in our Christian life when someone comes to us and they say, well, I'm in a time of distress, I'm in a time of trouble. Well, obviously, the best counsel you can give them is to seek the Lord through his word and through prayer. But I I would ask you this morning to think about, have there been moments in your own life when you have done just that? You've read his word, you've prayed, and yet your heart was still restless. That's what's happening here. We, we many times just assume that the moment I call upon God, the moment I seek him, that suddenly all of my burden is going to be lifted. Asaph is having the exact opposite response. He's thinking about God and he's being troubled by it. And so there really is, I think, some very important lessons in this this morning. Uh, maybe when he's thinking about God and he's remembering God, maybe the thing that's coming to his mind is God's justice. Maybe he's thinking about God's wrath, but this says that he was overwhelmed. My spirit was overwhelmed. This word, this phrase, means to sink under the waves. I remembered God. I was restless. I was in distress. I complained, and my spirit was overwhelmed by the waves. I do believe in this verse there is the conviction of Asaph that he is speaking about. I remembered God, who is often and should be our source of great delight, sometimes becomes the very object of what brings our heart low. It is the reality that God's justice, God's holiness, God's power, and God's truth and righteousness do have a very profound, deep, convicting effect. Uh, those attributes of God that we proclaim from this pulpit every week, and we proclaim his immutability, his omniscience, his omnipotence. When things are right between us and God, those are glorious attributes. But when you feel as if your heart is not right with God, suddenly those become very frightening prospects. And again, it's the side of God I think we don't often think about. We only think about God as being a God of love and a God of mercy, and he is, but he doesn't cease to be those other things. And yet there are times, even in our own life, when our heart is distracted maybe by sin, even his love, his divine love, that brightness of his love grows a little bit dimmer. And I will tell you, one of the things that plagues a lot of Christians A lot of Christians are plagued by the reality that when we begin to feel this way, we even begin to uh, foolishly fall into unbelief where we say, do I really even have a part in God? And yet that's not God necessarily doing anything any different. It's our heart being brought under conviction. Asaph, when he thinks upon God, it proved to be a distressing moment for him. And even the best of spiritual men have known what it is to be in the depths of this quandary, to be wondering how can I remember God and instead of finding comfort at that very moment, why am I finding that I'm questioning if I even have a part of his love? Now, there is the reality here that Asaph is either dealing with thinking upon God's mercy and grace and goodness. Maybe he's being brought to conviction about how ungrateful he had been towards those things. You know, sometimes we don't think about sin as a way of being ungrateful, but you know, sometimes our greatest sin is due to our ungratefulness. Maybe he had not been thankful enough for God's mercy. Maybe he was not thankful enough for God's grace and God's goodness. And maybe that's the conviction that this is bringing upon Asaph. Maybe he had not repaid God as he should, not that God needed the payment, but he did not pay God back with his voice of praise. Asaph called these things to mind. It troubled him. Or maybe when he's remembering the grace and goodness of God in times past, maybe he, like Job, is saying, it's not like it used to be. Remember Job in Job 29 reflected back before uh, the, the trial of his faith came upon him by uh, God allowing Satan to do everything to Job but to take away his life. And here's what Job says, and I think it's very profound because it sounds a lot like what Asaph is saying. Job 29 verse 1, Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, Oh, that I were as in months past, as in the days when God preserved me when his candle shined upon my head, and when by his light I walked through darkness. As I was in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle, listen to this, when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were about me. Job makes a very startling statement. He says, when the Almighty was yet with me, Job, even in the minute, the moments of his distress and his trouble, he found himself saying, God, I wish this was as it used to be. Asaph, in a sense, in our text today, is feeling abandoned by God. Now, God never abandons his children. We have to keep that in mind. God never abandons them. Does God sometimes hide his face from us? I believe that he does. He hides his face in order that we will continue to seek him And remember and be grateful and thankful for what he has done. Maybe Asaph is just thinking about the greatness of God, the majesty of God, his power, his justice, his purity, and his holiness. Maybe he's not even thinking about anything that was extended to him, but as he in comparison to this great God. You see, even when we think about that, and John Newton had it right, and other hymn writers have had it right. We don't necessarily find great joy in singing it, but when we sing the hymns that we call ourselves a worm such as I, you realize when we're comparing ourselves to the divinity of God, we are worms. But we're worms, a weak, helpless creature, sinful, not able to stand before God, and yet he saves his people. Asaph is seeing God in his purity, he's seeing God in his holiness, and I think there's part of here that Asaph is wondering, how am I even able to stand in the presence of such a mighty God? When it says he complained, it's... This is not a license for us to complain in the sense that we do. When we complain, what do we do? We complain about circumstances. We complain about situations. This word complain doesn't mean complaining about his lot in life. This word complain means he is saddened by sin. He is saddened, not only that he's in distress, but he's saddened by the reality of why he's in the situation that he's in. This complaint has a much bigger meaning than just, I don't like the way things are, God. I think many of us, if not all of us in this room, have at some point in time prayed to God and just complained to him with that manner, saying, God, I just don't like my lot in life. I don't like where you have me. I don't like what you're doing with me. I don't like what you're doing in my world. This is a complaint against sin, And you'll notice that when he says that, I I complained. He poured out his thoughts and his mind before God, and yet he was not finding relief, and that's where we see his spirit was overwhelmed. He kept kept complaining, he kept thinking, he kept meditating, and he only seems to be sinking deeper and deeper. Now, many, many of the, especially the writers and the preachers of old, can relate to Asaph, their soul's familiar with this. I want to ask us this morning before we pray, is our soul familiar with this type of distress? This distress is not about us. This distress is about God. But it's also about how we view God and what it is we're remembering about God Asaph was familiar with soul depression, but he's not depressed over bad things happening in his life. He's depressed over sin. He knew what it was to be in a situation where it felt as if his sin had hidden the face of God. Yet you realize that even in those moments when we feel like God's face is hidden from us, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to seek his face. You say, but wait a minute, his face is hidden. You keep seeking him and you seek him over and over and over again. You see that word Selah just simply means to stop, ponder, consider, meditate. It's, it's after verse three, not by coincidence, but it's there to make us stop and consider. Pause here a while and, and meditate upon what you just heard. Asaph seeks the Lord. Think about this that even in the pit of despair that may be of your own cause, maybe it is sin of unthankfulness. Maybe you are not paying back to God as we should, yet the very God that we're being unthankful towards is the very God that we should seek. The very God we're being unthankful towards is the very God we should seek. We don't run and divert and distract our heart with something else. We simply run back to God, seek his holiness, seek his righteousness. Somebody has once said, and I could not find the author of this, but it's, and I think many have said it, but he said it's, it's better to knock at God's door when he's angry than to go to any other door. So even if we have offended God, Even if we are the source of our trouble, the day of our trouble, our distress, our restlessness is our sin, what door is best to knock at? The door of God. Even if He hides His face, even if He prevents and doesn't give you an answer, what does the Bible say we're to do? We're to wait upon the Lord. Sometimes we read that and we don't take it for what it means. It means to wait. It means to stand still. And when you're waiting, sometimes it feels as if God has hidden his face from you. But yet, we're to wait. Wait upon the Lord. There is no greater one to wait upon than to God. I think the challenge here, at least what I'm pulling out of this, devotionally speaking, this morning, I think even contextually, I think it's there. I don't think it can be denied There are times, and we should be thankful for these times, when even believers are so conscious of their sin before God. They're so conscious of their times when they've been unbelieving towards His promises, unbelieving towards Him, even times when we have been downright unthankful. Those troubled moments, we ought to thank God for them. You see, oftentimes we don't want those troubled moments, but it's in those troubled moments that God is drawing us and shaping us and forming us and creating in us what we're supposed to be. We say, how do you know that's gonna happen to all of us? Because we all sin. That means there are going to be. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Are there gonna be troubled times in your life that when you remember God, you're troubled? You know, that's part of what's happening in our modern church movement as they are taking away some of the precious promises that even in the conviction of our own sin, where else can we go but to the Lord? We're not to avoid these things. We're to rejoice in the fact that God who loved us will not let us go. I heard that hymn again this morning, O love that will not let me go. Child of God, even when we become conscious of our sin, God will not let you go. Even though there are moments when you may remember God and you're troubled. We'll see as we go through these verses, Asaph begins talking to himself. And one of the questions he asks in verse 9, which tells us the condition that he's in, hath God forgotten to be gracious? And we certainly, I hope, know the answer to that. God cannot forget to be something that he is by nature, which is gracious. I pray the Lord will help us with this this morning. Amen. All right. Everybody should have a copy of the prayer list this morning. Um, There are are moments and times when there are things.